Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Wide Men Can Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at blogtalkradio.com slash widemencantjump. We're brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New, wowfreecam.com, and facebook.com slash makeupkennedy. You can check us out anywhere and everywhere you find podcasts. Now, for the hosts of your flagship program, here's Tom Robinson and Nate Bush. What's up out there, everybody? It is Wide Men Can Jump, episode 45. We are back here. It's Wednesday night. Probably not Wednesday night when you're listening, but that's when we record, so now you know. We are live here tonight. We got a lot to get to here tonight. We have a special guest jumping on with us here at about uh, in about 45 minutes. A lot of stuff we want to get into, uh, talking a lot of NBA, but there's more to it as well. Uh, we're going to talk a lot of just sports tonight as we talk about uh, different things that um, that we don't really get to talk about very often. Um, but we are going to dive into some NBA news as well coming up here on the show. Glad you guys are with us here tonight. We want to thank our sponsors, the law offices of Stephen P. New, wowfreecam.com. Great people. Show them some support. So right now, we're going to go ahead and be joined by the one and only Mr. Tom Robinson, TR. What is up, dude? You want to piss me, daddy? What's up, Natron? That was a little old school. That was a little old school Billy Jack Haynes from uh, Worldwide Wrestling. Uh, yeah, I, I picked up on that. that. That was pretty good. The Four Horsemen wanted a piece of him, or as he would say, peach. Yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm here the first time doing the show from downstairs because it's not 175 degrees <laughs> in my palatial nice? homes. Yeah, in my... Uh, palatial estate robinson manor in the uh private area known as clifton heights pennsylvania beautiful area this time of year oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i like that reaction that was pretty good (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) dude's in the uh, eyes of the beholder i guess we're the beer holder as they say um, yes. but we're here, we're, we're here, we're live and we're talking a little NBA here, um, in just a little bit, but first let me get your reaction since, uh, this is a sports show that we mo- mostly focus on basketball, but even last year, uh, we talked football to start things off here. Your team is the Philadelphia Eagles. What are your thoughts on your Eagles so far after one game against the Falcons? Um, back much in the beginning because, uh, it's been some nagging injuries last year. Everything fell into place. They grew together as a team. Um, I actually thought that they were going to lose last week prior to the game. Um, but Atlanta has a black cloud, doesn't play well on the road, et cetera. They've, uh, they looked a little, um, even though people are still ranking them in the top five power rankings and so forth. When all the pieces are together, I agree that they're a, a, a great football team. Um, when I say great, I mean 
Patriot, you know, top level type team, but, um, they got some things to work out and, you know, I'll be a much happier man when I see Carson Wentz starting and I see our number one weapon, Alshon Jeffrey out there in the skill positions, our defensive line solid. Our secondary has potential to be the best. So, uh, I'm optimistic. I mean, if we can get through the first four weeks, Three and one, two and two. I'm cool. Yeah, I get that. And the NFL is a different animal than the NBA. And uh, my Bucks actually won, uh, won a game. So uh, they beat the Saints. Always good to beat those guys. So feels good right now. The Buccaneers fits magic with a big W. So that was that was good for me. I was I was really excited about that. It was not good for many suicide pools. <laughs> um, Survivor pools are another another name for those if you are not familiar. Um, I'll you be pick honest, one team every week picked, to win. If I would have picked a survivor pool uh, last week, the team I would have picked would have been the, the Lions, and they just got it handed to them. So, shows what I know. <clears throat> hey, uh, if it weren't for the Lions um, losing, but had I had the information that they hate their coach and they – pretty much laid down almost did a job if you're using pro wrestling terminology before i put that out on our patreon page we would have had a big week in the nfl but that's last week and now i have new information speaking of our patreon account that is patreon.com slash wide men can't jump you can go there right now and sign up and you will be one of the first to receive the brand-new Pick'em episodes with Tim and Tom as they go out and pick the NFL NCAA games, uh, the over-unders, the point spreads, the spreads change daily. So we're uh, trying to get a show together with an accurate point spread so you can make a good bet. Uh, we hope to have that to our Patreon members, which we do have Patreon members. Thank you to our great Patreon account members, uh, one of which is our good buddy Armando. Uh you know, he became a Patreon. Armando's our guy. We love him. Thank you, Armando. And all the other Patreons that we have. Thank you guys so much. Without you, this show couldn't happen. Um, but make sure, if you want, check out the Patreon show. We're going to have all kinds of cool stuff on the Patreon account. We plan on having a um, different shows with the sports betting shows. We're probably going to have some special guests, maybe a wrestling show if we get time. Uh, there was talk of doing a Patreon-only fantasy basketball league for when the uh, basketball season gets started so armando has secured his spot as well as other patreons who have joined so there's a few slots open still if you want in if you want to be in our fantasy basketball league for patreons only let us know we're going to have a good time and you can make it a donation monthly for as little as you want you'll get uh episodes no one else gets to hear help you make your bets pick your picks for the week you're doing a uh, parlay card, TR and Tim will help you, and they have a very good winning percentage. So I highly recommend getting in on that Patreon account, and I'll be picking NBA games once the season rolls around. So definitely get on that. Again, that's patreon.com slash wide men can't jump. Real quick on that note, I uh, I almost feel guilty. We should, I, I feel like giving Armando's money back and paying him because he's such a good supporter just been always and he's you know part of the show at this point but thank you armando oh, yeah. martinez los angeles zone uh 
out there in uh, Southern California, even though he's a fan of the 49ers. I never really asked him about that. But anyway, we'll move on. But thank you, Armando. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, as long as you're not a uh, as long as you're not a Saints fan, I think you're okay with me. Uh, but anyway, even Saints fan, even Saints fans are okay. I'm just kidding. But, T.R., let's look at the NBA now. We've talked for 10 minutes here, and we haven't even touched on the NBA. So, take a look at the NBA right now. Not a lot of news. Uh, there's a little bit going on out there. Uh, I'm going back just kind of looking over maybe things that we might have missed over the past uh, over the past month here. I think we've covered about everything. But, um, Adrian Wojnarowski is one of the best resources for basketball out there. And there's been a lot of different reports here and there. Um, The Nets guaranteed Spencer Dinwiddie's salary for this upcoming season. Do you know how much Spencer Dinwiddie is getting paid for the Brooklyn Nets? I'm pretty sure it's very little and and underwhelming for his talent. Yeah, as good a player as he is. 1.65 1.65 million for this season only. Very, very lackluster. Yeah, he's a. Uh, T.J. McConnell has the same 1.6 is what I heard. I don't know if he's beating them by uh, yeah. 500 grand or whatever, but you know they're. Uh, and Dinwiddie has. Um, I'm not going to say a better player, but you know has the. Uh, better skill set and so forth and it could be an upcoming player in the league um but that's brooklyn you know we've already talked about the it seems like they're angling for something down the road so if he's happy yeah. i'd be happy with 1.6 to, to play hoops. oh yeah i mean i wouldn't look i wouldn't look at a gift horse in the mouth on 1.6 million no not at all um there's been uh some more developments patrick beverly um, had some right knee surgery um, back over the off season. Patrick Beverly is apparently, from what we've seen in highlight videos, showing no signs of rust uh, to his right knee. He looks like he's going to be ready to go come the start of the season. Patrick Beverly is going to be a very important player in that Clippers lineup, I think, this year, TR. Patrick Beverly is one of those uh, Marcus Smart type guys um just a little bit nuts a pain in the ass and doesn't he'll go up against a lebron james or a kevin durant and has no self-awareness that he's not as good or better than them while he's playing them and you need guys like that every team needs a guy like that or two to go over the top and win the you know win the big one if you will yeah, a little more news here. Uh, the Sixers, uh, this is one concerned you. This was a few weeks ago. Uh-oh. The seven, the 76 Sixers re-engaged their general manager search. They've yet to get a GM. And managing partner Josh Harris has is not ruling out the front office structure that they have right now for the coming season. He said, is quoted as saying, we prefer to find an elite talent but we aren't going to compromise. So what are your thoughts on that? I'd like to hear about that from you. Um, as I've said from day one-ish, as the saying goes, um, 
Nice Uso Josh plug. Brown. Yes, jo- Josh Brown is a frigging interested in money and money only. He's interested in the Jersey <laughs> wait, Devils. Wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you said Josh Brown. <laughs> That's background said, Josh did Brown. I call him, <laughs> did I call him Jeff background <laughs> Josh <laughs> Brown? <laughs> For our new for, for our new listeners, background Josh Brown is a, a recurring character here who yells in the background about the Dallas Mavericks uh, at Nathan <laughs> yeah. Bush's location in West Virginia. And uh, he's my buddy of mine, and he shows up and he loves the Dallas Mavericks, but he hates every single thing they do, and he always yells at the microphone from a, about a room away about him. So <laughs> he'll get a kick out of that. Well, if if I could literally change ownerships magically and give it to uh, Josh Brown as opposed to Josh Harris, whose uh, only love is the dollar sign and not, you know, the advancement of the franchise or the team, it's all yeah. business to him, you know. So he, uh, I'm sure he doesn't feel any need or any rush to put a legitimate general manager in the fifth largest market in the country and one of America's darling teams because he just keeps seeing that cha-ching sign when they come through the turnstiles and they buy their Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid jerseys, et cetera. Um, He's a piece of shit. I'll just say that. I don't care if he's rich enough to get me or not. He doesn't care about the team. And that's, uh, if you're going to own a team, I understand business. Not quite as well as he does, but, you know, you could at least know what the fuck's going on and not just, uh, you know, he, he put the city through hell and there's conflicting ideas. There's another podcast in this city with a guy I like, but they're all zombies on the Sam Hankey thing in the process. They were saying something about Robert Covington's, uh, if you something alluding to you don't know basketball if you don't realize that Robert Covington was the coveted part of this process. The dude plays defense. He's a mediocre player. He stepped up last season, or I was correct myself, two seasons ago, and got paid, gave the uh, impression that he may come out because he was banging key threes and so forth but he's just a journeyman guy. He'll be on five different teams before he's done. Just shut up with that stupid Robert Covington. Bunch of dumbbells. <laughs> Idiots. How do you really You've feel? dealt with them. You've dealt with them before. I mean, they're oh, yeah. a bunch of I've had my run-ins with them. I've had my run-ins with them as well. I, uh, For those of you that don't know, it's one of our highest downloaded, highest listened to episodes. The uh, episode called Dissecting the Process, in which we uh, dive into the Philadelphia 76ers and every single pick and move they made under the Sam Hinkie organization. Um, that, that's been one of our most memorable episodes um, in terms of, like, fan reaction. We got a lot of hate from the, from that organization over there. Uh, but all we did was present the facts and the facts were the process and Sam Hinkie's draft picks. There's what a 15 players on that team. There's now two left from the, the process era. 
I mean, approximately 300 losses. Yeah, and there was enough. Up. There was enough draft picks and losses there that just were all over the board. Uh, guys that were brought in, guys that were uh, drafted and traded immediately for. Like there were second round picks being drafted and traded for more second round picks and different movements of things that just did not make sense. And uh, boy, did we hear it from them. Well, more so me, but because <laughs> apparently I uh, apparently I posted something and it was just like, ugh. So that was yeah, a mess. I, I didn't. I didn't warn you that you were dealing with very unintelligent people and mob mentality and, you know, who celebrate four years of losing. Just comprehend that. I don't even have to say anymore. Yeah, I've never seen people get so excited about not winning. But nevertheless, they were very excited about not winning. So, hey, it sounds like Browns fans to me. Ho! But either way. Uh, uh, Well, the Browns aren't doing it on purpose, unfortunately. Um, the Browns, the only team in history, the only team in history to break a, a, a twenty-game losing streak and still not win. So hey, they didn't lose. <laughs> great, great line, great line. I saw this week, I believe, from Jim Graham, and I'd like to give some Philly comics some props uh, if I can remember. I'm pretty sure it's either Jim yeah. Graham or our friend Roger Weaver, one of the two, okay. uh, posted that. The Cleveland Browns are the only team in history that are on pace to go o o and sixteen. <laughs> That's pretty good. I hadn't heard that. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, back to the NBA. Um, the Oklahoma City Thunder did use a provision that will save them twenty three point four million dollars in salary and luxury tax this year. They used the wave and stretch provision on the final year of Kyle Singler's contract. So Singler is gone from the Thunder now. They will stretch his contract out over their their cap uh, for the next few years to save themselves $23 million this season in, on luxury tax. So I think it's a smart move. Yeah, I mean, OKC has, uh, you know, been a favorite of ours both unknowingly i mean we like to go in with a little um confrontation between each other so it makes the show interesting but (laughs) yeah we always nine out of ten times we think alike about it seems pretty basic you know how to uh keep a team make a team well and do good things i don't know why it doesn't seem basic to those in power but yeah it just kind of seems like that we know hey here's what you got to do and then we see these teams that me and you both look at and say hey like last year, we both saw how good Boston was going to be, and mm-hmm. they were. And they lose two of their best players, and we both knew how good they were going to be. Then then we predicted San Antonio would reach the finals. Well, they make it all the way to the playoffs in the West without their without arguably their best player. So imagine if they would have had Kawhi Leonard. So, you know, and we were just trying to be different because we didn't want to pick the same old, same old. So we'll be yeah, having our uh, we'll be having our preseason predictions coming up here within the next month or so because the season is only a month away. Yeah, that's when it's going to go into full 
full blast, full gear, if you will. And, um, you know, I'd like to compliment you on air if I didn't already, um, with the Tracy Murray interview, it turned into something resembling a, uh, pro wrestling shoot interview where it was a just long form, something I want to get back to in the future. Um, at some point, maybe even for Patreon, um, the chronological Tracy was the perfect guest for it too, because you were prepared chronologically and he remembered every goddamn thing. And he, you know, without, he managed to not bury anybody, but let you know the deal at the same time. So I thought that was a fantastic interview. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, We've actually gotten some great feedback on that interview uh, that I did with Tracy Murray last week. If you haven't listened to it, it's in the archives. Check it out. Episode 44. It's called Tracy. It's just, it's simply called Tracy Murray. Um, NBA legend. Uh, played in the league 12 years. Won a title. Played with Clyde Drexler. Played all over the place. Told you some good stories, some bad stories. Some Didn't hold anything back. And Tracy's a class act and has told me that Whenever we would love to have him back on the show, he would welcome the opportunity. So, Tracy Murray, friend of Wide Men Can't Jump. So, we'll have him back here in the upcoming season. Maybe get some thoughts on him because uh might have him come on and talk a little UCLA Bruins because he's got the inside scoop on them. Sure. Great. But anyway, I do appreciate the compliments on that interview. Uh, that was a fun interview to do. That That hour went by faster than – just about anything I've ever done. Like, I'm just sitting here and just letting him go. All I had to do was sit there. The guy was perfect. He knew exactly what to say. So, uh, I really do appreciate all the compliments. So, thank you guys so much. Um, back to the NBA here. Houston did agree to trade the contract of Ryan Anderson. I don't remember if we touched on that last week or not. But if we did, we're just going to recap it. Ryan Anderson, DeAnthony Melton traded to Phoenix for Marquise Chris, Brandon Knight. So that's a deal to get rid of that bad Ryan Anderson contract in Houston, open up a little more room. Brandon Knight now goes from Phoenix to Houston. He'll be playing behind Chris Paul. So Knight will finally get used, unlike in Phoenix. But for Phoenix, they get Anderson, who is a power forward, a stretch four, which I'm not going to lie, they could use the help. But right now, their only point guard that they have on their roster is Devin Booker, and he's not even really a point guard, per se. Uh, based solely on Summer League, which you can't really base a strong opinion on, but Melton looks like a uh, sneaky little player and a guy that should be getting some playing time somewhere, but behind Chris Paul and James Harden, is not really the place. So I think Phoenix may get a sneaky uh, asset to their team. Oh, I think this this was a good trade for both parties. Um, Phoenix, you get rid of Brandon Knight's contract. Uh, you get rid of Marquise Chris, who's really underperformed out there. Ryan Anderson, you bring in. He's a veteran. You've got cap space. You know you're not going to win this year. You take a bad contract to free up that cap space. So I'm not, not sure how many years is left on that contract. But if Melton turns out to be as good as, as a lot of people are saying, then you may have a, a decent point guard to play alongside Devin Booker and de- get the ball to DeAndre Ayton, guys like that. Because Devin Booker's not going to get the ball to DeAndre Ayton. Uh, he just can't. Darren Booker's more of an ISO guard, uh, more of a shooting guard type than a, a point guard. And I just don't understand. 
um, why they would want him to be. But right. apparently Anderson will be the starting power forward, according to what has been uh, stated. He'll start. Uh, so that will be a good learning curve for Aiton and guys like that. You need that veteran presence. And um, he brings some height to the team after Alex Lynn left. Uh, Anderson agreed to reduce the guarantee on his $21 million salary in 2019-2020 to $15.6 million. So for the Suns, the $15.6 million represents Brandon Knight's salary for the 2019-2020 season. So Anderson actually took a pay cut to go here to Phoenix to play. Um, basically, I think he knew that he was probably that contract was going to have to go um, in Houston. So that's pretty pretty interesting thing for Anderson to do there to make room for Brandon Knight, who's a backup point guard getting paid $15.6 million in Houston. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe there's a little bit, I don't know this, you know, we'll look into this for next week's show state tax or something might be different, which can make a pay cut seem not like a pay cut and not a bad place to live Phoenix from what I hear. Well, not especially during, um, especially during uh, January, February, those months. It's really nice out there. The Sun, According to uh, Wojnowski, the Suns will have until July 10th of 2019 to decide on guaranteeing the full amount for the final season of Anderson's contract. So he's got two years left, including this year. Or they can waive him and owe him $15.6 million. That financial concession will likely make trading Anderson an easier pro- proposition for Phoenix if they choose to. For Anderson, there's real no real financial risk adjusting his contract. Things that can go well with Phoenix, they'll fully guarantee his $21 million. If not, he enters a free agent market with $15.6 million already in his pocket, significant cap space, and chance to sign a new deal for multiple years. So that's kind of the story there on the Ryan Anderson trade. We didn't really get a, a chance to talk too much about that deal, so I wanted to definitely go over that. Uh, in more detail. Yeah, any chance I get a, I get to talk on air about one of the Minnesota Wrecking Crew, I'm down. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Took you a minute, though. Took me just a second. Ollie Arn, Ollie Arn, Lars, and Ryan. Oh, and Gene. How could I forget Gene? Gene, I'm about to say, you leaving out Gene? Come on, man. Jeez. Also, uh, Another Philadelphia update here. They've been granted permission to interview three front office executives. Golden State's Larry Harris, Houston's Garcon Roas, and Utah's Justin Zanuck for franchise vacant general manager's job. So there's three guys they're looking at that they could bring in. Yeah, I just I don't even want to really go into that or I'll get a, a stress headache. Because there's also three within the organization, with Elton Brand being uh, the, the top name yeah. as well. But once you said Josh Harris says it's possible that they're content with who they got, they're just they're going to be such a disappointing team this year. It's 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 sickening, and they don't have to be, which is even more sickening as a fan. Um, this is before the. I'll say it again on the pre, you know, our NBA preview show. But I'm calling it right now uh, in September. There's going to be problems between Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons during the first, second maybe losing streak with pointing fingers. 
and they're just not going to coexist because their egos are both that of which that they're the likes of LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, et cetera, level talent. And they ain't took a square to piss in the NBA yet. They had a couple of highlights, so they got to chill a little bit, but they, uh, they don't get along. It's not like a furious hatred, but they don't hang out. And, you know, you're expecting that to, it's not Jack and Kobe. They're not on their level, quite frankly. And, you know, they're not fighting doesn't help them compete against each other when the the whistle blows. Uh, Yeah. It's not like they motivate each other. They actually, uh, each one of them is more passive aggressive and they just kind of, you know, they don't, they don't go out and play harder. They just kind of avoid the other. Glad you found motivate because I, uh, that's the word I was searching for in my head. Yeah. Um, I know. I don't know if I'm skipping ahead, but I know your team did did something you alluded to last week that yeah, I'm I was sure actually made getting you ready to get to that. Getting ready to get to that. Um, so the before we get to what I, what Tr just brought up, the Lakers bought out Luol Deng. They finally bought him out. So Laker fans rejoice. Uh, Luol Deng is gone from the Lakers roster. That. Uh, that horrid contract is off the books. Uh, and here's what Laker fans are saying. I, I asked one of them about it. Here's what they had to say. Happy trails to you until we meet again. So, yeah, that's what Lakers fans had to say about Lou Aldang. Uh, they were a little happy about it. But either way, Lou Aldang took a $7.5 million buyout on the $36.8 million he had left on his contract. He was waived in the stretch provision as well, and the Lakers have cleared $38 million in cap space in 2019 free agency. So they're going to have big money next season in free agency. Yeah. Um, good move for the Lakers, obviously. With uh, Oh, very smart. Long-term uh, vision of what they want to be. Uh T-Wolves with the Tom Thibodeau connection, Chicago Bull player. <laughs> yeah. That's that's where Dang seemed to, uh, you know, get get to the point where he could get big money. That's where he kind of made his rep. I mean, I don't know. You're closer to that situation than I am, but. Well, let's go ahead and get there. Uh, Luol Dang met with Tom Thibodeau, Minnesota president and coach, and they finalized a one-year deal for the league minimum, no assurances on playing time, so we don't even know if he's going to play. But now the Timberwolves are suddenly becoming full-fledged the Timber Bulls, and we have just we have got a mess in Minnesota. Jesus Christ! You know this is a team I thought would be this past season. They had that three seed for a long while there. They look good. Butler goes down, and everything just turns to shit. I thought it was going to be nice and have to have a playoff team again. We squeak in on the eight seed, winning on the last game of the regular season, and you've got uh, Tom Thibodeau in the offseason. We lose our best three, one of our best three-point shooters in Jamal Crawford. We go out in the draft. We don't draft any shooters. We draft two defensive players who I like. I like our draft picks. Don't get me wrong. Not knocking our draft picks, but we draft two defensive-minded guards. 
uh, well, guard forward. And for shooting, we lose Bealicia. We bring in Anthony Tolliver, who is going to shoot, but he's not exactly Mr. Consistency from three. We do not add any shooters. And we re-sign Derrick Rose. And we go out and get Luol Dang. In 2008, we've got a playoff team. <laughs> Unfortunately, 2018 is the season. So we're and, – and there's there's turmoil. Towns hasn't signed his extension yet, and that should have been done weeks ago. There's apparently – I don't know if he's wanting more years, less years, or what, but the, the deal's not done even though – People close to the situation are saying it will be done before the beginning of the year. Um, I did reach out to John Krasinski from uh, The Athletic in Minnesota. He's the Wolves reporter up there who I follow and uh, have become friends with. Uh, John says he he may be joining us next week to dive into this situation, and I want to get to the bottom of this more than anything because now there's rumors. If you can believe it, folks, there's rumors that Tom Thibodeau is looking to bring Joachim Noah to the Timberwolves organization. Uh, what am I going to say to that that we didn't really go uh, I know what we can year. say. I know what we can say last to bring him in. Dummy! Dummy! Yeah! Yeah! That's what we can say. <sighs> yeah, it, se- it seems like he just wants buddies on the road more than he wants wins, but... You know, it seems like he want. The rumor is, according to what I'm hearing, Tom Thibodeau is afraid of losing the locker room. He is afraid that the younger guys who aren't responding to his hardcore way of coaching and the way he does things, he's afraid he's losing them in the locker room. Guys like Wiggins and Towns, the younger, the younger crop. Butler is unhappy apparently from the rumors. Okay, again, this is all rumor, so you know this is what is out there. Butler apparently wants out Nick after this season. So Tibbs is bringing in all his guys from Chicago fame that made their careers, mainly just to almost keep control of the locker room. And I'm like, dude, if you don't have control of the locker room, that's your fault. You know, maybe your coaching style just doesn't work for this group of players. Because there's no denying Carl Anthony Towns is a freak of nature. And the T-Wolves organization should be doing everything in their power to keep him and to keep him happy. Jimmy Butler's probably going to walk. Andrew Wiggins is an okay third option. Uh, Is he worth max money? Only time will tell. When he's motivated, he's one of the best players we've got. The kid, when he gets motivated, can play. It's just getting him motivated. Uh, Gorgie Jang is he's there. Uh, we draft Justin Patton last year. He hasn't had a chance to prove himself yet, so he'll be playing this season, so I'll be interested in seeing that. Uh, I like Bates die up. I like Achogi. So it's just going to be a matter of who gets what. And Jeff Teague, Jeff Teague's been a disappointment. Taj Gibson's been a good defensive player. I just, I don't know. And now we bring in Lou Aldang, who I'm not mad that we brought Lou Aldang in because he's a, he's a, he's a three-position player. He can defend the ball. But he's getting up there. He's in his 30s, like mid-30s. And he hasn't really played any meaningful minutes in a long time. So with Luol Deng, it's going to be one of those, here he comes, he's old. Does he still have it? If he does, cool. If not, 
we got a problem. So I don't know. I don't, it's just a, a situation that I want to get deeper into and figure out. And John Krasinski has said he he's going to try and join us on the show soon. So I'm hoping next week we'll have John back on. Cool beans. Some more news, though. I know we're kind of just kind of jumping around here at the beginning here, but uh, just kind of getting a little news, a little around the league here. Devin Booker. Devin Booker had to undergo hand surgery and is out indefinitely. Uh, his availability to start the regular season will be more clear uh, by Monday, but apparently his right hand swelled up recently and he had to have surgery. So, Booker, we're not sure if he'll be ready for the start of the regular season or not. Interesting. I had not read that or heard that, um, but I, I've not been doing my due diligence as far as NBA. <laughs> I've been enjoying enjoying myself the last couple of weeks. So, uh, Nothing wrong with that. But, yeah, Devin Booker underwent hand surgery. Uh, actually, maybe it's on Monday he will have it. Either way, Devin Booker is having hand surgery. So, either had or is having. Also, speaking of surgery, Russell Westbrook had arthroscopic surgery on his right knee today after feeling some stiffness in his in the last week. It's preemptive maintenance procedure. He'll be reevaluated in four weeks, but he could miss the preseason. Uh, so, yeah, Russell Westbrook has a procedure on his right knee. Could be nothing, could be something. I, I just have a feeling it's mostly nothing, but he uh, may miss the regular season. Opener. I mean, um, preseason. Pre-season. Preseason, excuse me. He may miss the preseason. Not <laughs> that, the would be a, that would be a big story if he was missing the regular yeah, season. Yeah, preseason. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Preseason he will miss, more than likely. But, I mean – as we've seen, this is the preseason. I mean, we've <laughs> the preseason in the NBA is kind of a wash. It's just guys trying to make the team mostly uh, kind of the same way with the NFL. You know, you may see a little bit of action worth watching, but mostly it's just guys not trying to get hurt, getting warm, getting used to playing, you know, full contact, if you could say that, just 100%. So I don't put a lot of stock in preseason. Uh, kind of like I don't put as I put I actually put more stock in summer league than I do in preseason if that makes any sense. Fair enough. Yeah. So that's really all the NBA news that I've heard recently. Uh, other than the Luol Deng signing, what's up? There's a little, um, not really NBA news, but a player you mentioned on your team. Carl Anthony uh-huh. Towns, I didn't, I did not know, um, was close friends with the late um, rapper Mac Miller, who passed away last week at yeah. age 26. Um, that was brought to my attention that they were really tight. So R.I.P. to Mac Miller and Carl Anthony Towns. Condolences to friends, family, etc. Because we do use Mac's song "Knock Knock" on an outro of one of our shows. So. Um, yeah, we use it for a lot of the there. outros on our shows, honestly. Uh, but yeah, Mac Miller uh, uh, gone way too soon. Uh, yeah. I'll say that we we do use a little bit of his uh, his music. We sample it, so we we do wish our condolences to him and his, you know to his family. And it's uh, not an easy situation, especially uh, the circumstances surrounding what happened. We're not here to judge. We're here to offer our sincerest condolences, and that's all we can really say in this instance, uh, especially at 26, man. That's young. That's so young. Yes. 
Absolutely. Life didn't even yeah, start yet at that point, usually. Yeah, it's, it's man, <laughs> it's rough. But um, I'll tell you what, we're going to go ahead, take a quick time out for a second, and we will be right back right after this. You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump, episode 45. I'm too sexy for my love, too sexy for my love, love's going to leave me. WowFreeCam.com is the number one cam site on the internet, and they are our gracious sponsors, and we want to invite you to check them out over at WowFreeCam.com. Anything you could imagine and whatever you want is just one click away if you go to WowFreeCam.com. What's some of the things you could check out over on WowFreeCam.com? Motorboat? Play the motorboat? Yeah. You motorboat son of a bitch, you old sailor, you. Or you could be into... Two chicks at the same time, man. Whatever it is that you're looking up for, WowFreeCam.com will leave you with one reaction and one reaction only. You won't want to miss out all the fun going on at WowFreeCam.com, so be sure to show them some love and go over. Hey, it's in the name. It's all free. Must be 18 or older to access the website, but make sure you get there as quick as you can to check out all the fun. Going on over at WowFreeCam.com. Again, must be 18 or older to visit. A big thanks to our sponsors, WowFreeCam.com being one of those. Thank them so much for bringing you this program. They are fantastic. Uh, Booker's out six weeks. I found that out while the commercial was playing. So he is out six weeks. Uh, actually, Udonis Haslam, believe it or not, Udonis Haslam has re-signed with the Miami Heat. Haslam, huh? Yeah, still in the league. Can you believe he's still in the league? I can't. Yeah, he's been around for a long, long time. Um, he has. That's a surprising signing. Yeah, the Heat re-signed him. You know, he doesn't play much, but... He's one of those veterans that, that can really help lead a locker room. He's been there for a really long time. I'm actually going to look and see how long has he been in the league. I know he's getting up there. He's not as old as Vince Carter, who's still kicking it in the league, by the way. Uh, Udonis Haslam is 38 years old and has been in the – he went undrafted in 2002, signed with the Miami Heat in 2003, and he has been there ever since. So how about that? 15 well, years with the Miami Heat. Probably a good man. Been there for the ups and downs. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. Always good to see that he's... And good to see he gets re-signed. They're taking care of him here. Uh, he's just been signing one-year deal since 2016, and they just keep bringing him back. So you can't knock a guy for that. Uh, another piece of information here, TR. I actually overlooked this, and we haven't talked about this yet. Rodney Hood... Uh, he re-signs with the Cleveland Cavaliers. He signed a one-year qualifying offer to return to Cleveland. That one-year offer, they extended a $3.4 million qualifying offer before the start of free agency, and he will sign the deal, and next season will become an unrestricted free agent. He averaged 10.8 points per game in 21 regular season uh, games with the Cavaliers. So Rodney Hood is returning to Cleveland. If you ask me, Rodney Hood does not re-sign with the Cavaliers if LeBron James is still there? Probably not. He'll, um, he'll get a chance to 
be Rodney Hood. Hopefully that's a year more mature of Rodney Hood because I understand in the contract signing, there was a clause that allow him to slap fat old white guys' cameras when leaving or entering the floor. Um, <laughs> which was the deal breaker. Would that be a Kodak uh, clause? <laughs> yeah, the uh, the Metro PCS clause of the of the year or something. <laughs> the Polaroid provision. You got to watch out for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, Rodney Hood. Uh, we're we're having some fun, but I mean, uh, you know, when it, when that shit happened, I was I was kind of like, nice, do it, Rod, man. Because, you know, he's. He's he's walking off the floor, obviously not in a good manner, <clears throat> in a happy frame of mind. It wasn't a celebratory walk. And some dope who's like 60 and about 100 pounds overweight has got a camera in his face. F you with them cameras, goose. That's just my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get those cameras shoved in your face, and you're just trying to, to do your thing. I know, I know you're supposed to be used to it. I mean, you're an NBA player. The camera's always on you, but when you see a guy's angry, why are you putting it right in his face? I mean, God, the dude's just walking off the court. Leave him be. That's a a living, walking version of a a social media troll, somebody that does that kind of thing. You know, yeah, yeah, that's the kind of people that do that stuff, and that, that bugs me. It's just like. I'll take a picture of somebody, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to be like shoving a camera in somebody's face and uh, stuff like that. That's just weird. I don't know. Like, why yeah. would you want to do? Like, why would you want to piss somebody off to the point where they could kick your ass? And <laughs> I guess you just want to sue. Would be all I could think. Is like, I just really want to sue. <laughs> so, I don't know. It seems to be more and more common these days that people are just like, I'm just going to sue. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was. I doubt we'll ever see a situation like we did with the Indiana Pacers back in the day. With, the uh, malice at the palace. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, that was Yeah, that was that was kind of that was that was a trip. That that incident. I agree. I mean, uh, you know, I enjoy it, especially you know, because let's let's face it, some. Fans, you pay your money, you can boo, you can whatever. God bless you. Have the time of your life for the money you spend. But just let the athletes do their thing. Don't touch them. Don't go, you know, in horrible directions, et cetera. Don't put a camera where it's almost literally going to touch them, their body. Give them some space a little bit. If they want to sign your autograph, if they want to slap your hand, fine. But, uh, you know, I like it when a dickbag fan gets what's coming to them. I mean, I could watch oh, that stuff speaking all day. Of, speaking of dickbag fans, let's let's remember the Oklahoma State fan, or uh, no, it wasn't Oklahoma oh, yeah. State. It was, was when uh, Marcus Smart played for Oklahoma State, and the dude, and he went to the crowd, and I thought he was going to beat the hell out of that dude. Oh, he gave <laughs> he gave him a good rocking, and that's that made me more of a fan of his, to be honest. And uh, you know, definitely, I was like, this dude, he's he's going to be a pro. I knew at that point that he had, he had that toughness. And it was the same. It was the same prototype. It was a overweight, fifty-ish, uh, fifty-five-ish year old white man. Um, 
just causing trouble. Well, Sit give down, me 30 boy. Years. Give me 30 years and I'll be there. But right now, TR, we are joined by our guest, NBA analyst for NBC and Roto World, basketball insider at Forbes. He knows everything and anything about the Knicks. We are joined by the greatest name in the history of sports, Tommy Beer. What's up, Tommy? <laughs> What's going on, fellas? How you guys doing? How you feeling tonight, Tommy? Good, good. How about yourself? How you guys doing? We're rocking, right, Nate? What do we got on the docket for Tom? Well, I don't you know, you know. As a Timberwolves fan, the signing of Lou Alding has brought me down a little bit. But other than that, I'm I'm doing okay. Uh, first, we wanted to talk a little New York Knicks with you because we, we honestly haven't had anybody that really specializes in Knicks coverage come on the show in almost a year. Those Knicks guys are hard to get a hold of. So I really wanted to talk some Knicks with you at first. Um, the Knicks draft Kevin Knox this off season. They have Porzingis still. They they get Mitchell Robinson guys. They, you know, we Tr and I are big on Mitchell Robinson. What do you think we're going to see from the Knicks in this next off season? Are they going to be able to turn this team around yet, or are they still going to be rebuilding? Yeah, I definitely think they're in rebuilding mode. You know, you mentioned Porzingis. I happen to be of the belief there's, you know, there's been some kind of rumors from his camp that he's targeting, you know, around Christmas or around the start of the year. I, I think um, the the All-Star game, around the All-Star break is a more realistic expectation for when he will return to the lineup. Um, and uh, without Porzingis, they're going to have a tough time winning games. Uh, they finished with the second worst record in the league over the final 50 games of the 2017-18 season. Uh, they were just 12 and 38. Um, I don't think they're going to be quite that bad uh, over the first half of next season, um, but I think they'll be one of the three or four worst teams in the league. Um, uh, but that's not, that is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, as you mentioned, Kevin Knox and Mitchell Robinson um, really exceeded expectations in Vegas. Um, so there's a lot to get excited about there. Um, and it looks like the Knicks have some smart decision makers finally uh, with Scott Perry and, um, bringing in David Fisdale, I think there's reason to be optimistic. Um, and if they don't play well this season, I don't expect them to. Um, getting another, you know, high lottery pick in the 2008, uh, 2019 draft, um, the return of a healthy Porzingis, uh, potentially $35 million in cap space, I think that's kind of the, um, the, the silver lining and the, the light at the end of the tunnel for Knicks fans. Yeah, Tom, this is TR, first name Tommy, and I like beer, so we got a, a lot in common. Um, <laughs> that work. Uh, I'm in the Philly market, and, you know, I, I try to keep it as honest and real about our Sixers as I can. Uh, from afar, the New York market is obviously, you know, the entertainment capital of the world, and, you know, it's a place where a lot of people cannot handle the heat from the media, from the attention, from the bright lights, big city, et cetera. Fisdale, David Fisdale is a guy that from afar, I just like, you know, he's the kind of guy I'd like to just sit and have a beer and talk basketball all night with. Um, with his laid-back approach, uh, Knox, Def Russ, the Sixers, and they, you know, frantically wanted to move up from what they saw because of his potential, uh, et cetera. With, with that combination and kind of getting them young, I th- do you think Fisdale's personality is, is the type that can just uh, deflect the kind of things that other people would fold under the pressure uh, if this season is, you know, a retooling situation? 
Yeah, and, uh, you know, I think it's it's a good point. You know, New York, Philly, those you know the big cities, East Coast cities, um, sports capitals. There's a lot, obviously a lot of attention uh, more than a you know a, a Memphis market or, or something along those lines, just in terms of sheer coverage and number of bodies in the locker room, et cetera. Um, so I, I think there is, re- and I, and I think. For that reason, that's one of the reasons Jeff Hornacek didn't really work out. It kind of takes a special breed, um, you know, with the Giants, you know, their previous coach, McAdoo, obviously was a, was a, was a nightmare. So um, they, they, we've seen it in different sports, uh, you know, Joe Torre is kind of the example of a guy that, you know, had that laid back approach for the Yankees and, and had some superstars and um, was the right guy at the right place, the right time. Um, I think there's reasons to be optimistic that Fisdale um, fits what the Knicks are, you know, looking for. Um, and I think something that's really working in his favor is the expectations are really minimal going into next season. Everybody understands that without Porzingis, um, they just don't have the talent to compete on a night-in, night-out basis. Um, so I don't think he'll be judged by the win-loss record, um, certainly not next season. Um, but I yeah. think it's imp- you know, I, I but I do think it's important. The Knicks have invested a lot in youth. You know, they they took Knox, who's um, you know I think was the third youngest player in the draft. Obviously, Mitchell Robinson, tremendous upside, um, but he's going to need to be coached not only on the floor but off the floor. So the Knicks have a – there's a lot of pressure on their kind of co- – not only just the coaching staff, but their behind-the-scenes development, GM, you know, everybody just kind of getting everybody on the same page. Um, so uh, I think in that respect, um, Fizzo was a good hire, made a lot of sense, but obviously we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, and real quick, Nate, before you ask another question, that's a great analogy with Joe Torre. That I didn't even think of that personality, but that does that does mesh. So I may steal that in future episodes, but I'll always give you credit by the end of the show. So. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. Cool. Cool. Well, speaking of young players, the Knicks drafted. Uh, I don't remember if it was last draft or the draft before. I think it was last year. They draft Frank Nizikalina, if if I'm pronouncing that right. Overlook me if I'm not. I have trouble with his name. Will you um, – before you ask this, will you just stop it? Why do you always kill that guy? But anyway, continue. <laughs> I, I'll say this. I'm not a fan of, of Frank's. I just never was. I didn't understand the hype coming out of France. But the Knicks take him last season. Is he – is he going to be the point guard of the future for the Knicks? Do they still believe in him to be that that guy to be the the next step in the point guard evolution for the New York Knicks? Because right now they have like Jared Jack, I think, maybe their starting point guard, if I'm not mistaken. Well, probably not Jack. It'll probably be either Trey Burke, um, and they also traded for Moutier, the, the, the midpoint of last season. Okay, yeah, I forgot um, forgot they had Moutier. Right. Yeah, yeah, but uh, and Trey Burke played well the second half of last season as well. Um, the thing with uh, Nilakina, I'm as I'm a little bit higher on him than some. Uh, there's some Knicks fans that are definitely down on him. He didn't he didn't play well offensively last year. Um, shot a poor percentage um, from both the field, uh, in and around the basket, and also from three. So he definitely has work to do. Um, thing to remember with him, he's actually uh, just turned 20 years old. Um, uh, he's, he was younger than I think it was you know eight or nine first round picks in the 2018 draft. That's something to keep in mind. He's still a young guy, still developing. And as far as the, you know, defensive acumen, um, he was phenomenal on the defensive end of the defensive end of the floor last season. Um, in terms of you look at the spectrum, second spectrum numbers, um, the advanced metrics, they showed him as one of the better pick and roll ball handlers. Um, I think him and Drew, uh, Drew Holiday were the top two um, in terms of uh, pick and roll uh, def- on the on ball defenders. Um, he has incredible length, seven one, um, in terms of his wingspan. 
Um, that gives them great advantage, um, highly athletic. So uh, I don't, you know, and, and when, you, when you're surrounded by guys like Porzingis and Knox and guys that can um, fill it up from the outside, Tim Hardaway Jr. as well, um, you don't necessarily need a point guard um, that is going to look for a shot as long as he's, you know, and, and he's the type of player that's content feeding other players and, and setting players up and facilitating the offense. Um, so there's a lot to be uh, – th- th- he still needs to develop, um, but I think he has the potential uh, to develop into a, you know, kind of a crucial piece and, a, and a definitely a, a solid foundational piece for the Knicks going forward. Tommy, um, I was thinking, as we mentioned, Christophe Porti- Porzingis, excuse me, easy for me to say. Anyhow, um, there's been talk about his contract situation and um, the reluctancy of – uh, I guess the next side, what do you do? Do you sign them now or do you wait and et cetera? Has there any been, has there been any clarification as to where each side stands? Uh, there has not. Uh, the Knicks uh, next Thursday, the Knicks front office, um, Perry Mills and, and also Fisdale are going to meet the Knicks, uh, meet the, with the media. Uh, it's 11 a.m. I believe next Thursday at the Garden. Um, so I'm sure we'll ask a bunch of questions uh, at that media availability, see if there's been any progress. But it's a very interesting case. Um, there, there's, there are pros and cons to both sides of it, the pros being um, Porzingis has shown. You know, this is a guy that was, uh, you know, looked like, you know, absolutely, get, you know, like a superstar the first, you know, month of last season, averaging around 30 points, you know, two blocks, two threes. Um, and then, uh, you know, came back to that down to earth a little bit. And, uh, you know, obviously towards ACL is, is recovering from that. But in addition to that, he had been injury prone over the first two seasons as well. So, um, uh, but again, the upside is obviously undeniable. If you sign him to a contract this summer, you lock him up. You don't have to worry about him ever hitting a free agency, let alone restricted free agency. Um, on the flip side of the coin, if you wait until next summer to sign up to that max extension, um, you only have to carry his cap hold into the summer, which frees up about $12 million in salary, um, which you can, you know, use towards signing a player that can round out the roster, you know, whether it's a Kyrie Irving or a Jimmy Butler or one of those guys that they're really targeting. Um, so that's what the Knicks are going to have to weigh, uh, you know, the, the pros and cons of, locking them up long-term and, and, you know, if they, he will still be a restricted free agent if he does not sign an extension this year. And obviously if he did sign a contract next summer, whether uh, even with another team, the Knicks would obviously match that contract as they'd have the right to. Um, But then he's, you know, would he tempt, would he be crazy enough to, you know, uh, to forego uh, that, that signing a max contract and hit unrestricted free agency the following summer, unlikely given his injury history, you'd assume he'd want to lock into a $155 million contract and kind of secure generational wealth when the opportunity is in front of him. Um, but um, those are the kind of the things that the Knicks and Porzingis are both going to have to make decisions on. He had the, the way the NBA CBA is structured, he has until midnight of the day before the start of the regular season. So it'll be April 14th. Um, that's where the Knicks and Porzingis will have to make their decision by. Yeah, I'm sorry, October 14th. Gotcha. I was looking at your uh, Twitter page, Tommy, and you had already projected this early already the 2019 uh, NBA draft, and you have the Knicks landing Zion Williamson with the fifth pick overall in that draft. Um, Zion Williamson on that roster, would he be ideally what the Knicks are looking for? Or are they looking to get some ping pong balls and just go best player available? Or are they or what exactly do you think the Knicks will be looking for when we're talking this, you know, in about nine months here 
looking at June and looking at the draft. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I did my first mock draft uh, of the, uh, for 2019, uh, posted it today. So I didn't really focus too much on positional needs and team needs, et cetera. I just kind of went with um, best player available. I think that is kind of to be, to, to be determined, uh, both from the Knicks' perspective and from you know, Zion Williamson's. Um, we don't really know exactly what he's going to bring to the table at Duke. Um, we know the kid is a phenomenal athlete, you know, uh, the guy, a guy that's 280 pounds, 6'7", um, can jump through the roof. Uh, I'm sure we've all seen the highlights. It's just kind of mind-boggling, um, his combination of speed, power, strength, agility. Um, but can he knock down threes uh, consistently? What type of intensity does he bring on the defensive end? Uh, does he box out? Can he see the floor? Is he a decent passer? All these things are kind of, you know, it's very difficult to judge a guy um, that's a freak athletically playing against um, guys that look like me, you know, in, 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 a, in, in, in high school games. So um, it'll be interesting to see. He's obviously playing um, with two other blue chip recruits at Duke. Um, that team is, you know, a lot of those games are going to be must-see TV. Um, I think uh, everyone in the NBA is kind of fascinated to see what kind of player he develops into. And by this time next year or in, uh, June next year, we'll have a better feeling of, uh, you know, what Knox brings to the table, um, what free agents the Knicks might be targeting. Um, so, uh, you know, what position, uh, you know, knocks my play uh, Is Courtney least on the roster. Um, did they try to move Tim Hardaway jr. So, um, uh, you know, before we try to figure out what the Knicks roster might look like, um, what kind of player does Williamson project? And I've, I've seen some people kind of liken his game to, um, early Larry Johnson, you know, LJ and the, the grandma, Charlotte Hornet days. Um, that comparison kind of makes sense. Um, but, uh, you know, LJ was a phenomenal top tier player, you know, number one overall pick Does Williamson have that kind of upside. I think that's probably a bit of a stretch, um, but uh, certainly will be fun seeing uh, the type of player he develops into. At least uh, we should have a better feel over the next six or seven months or so. Yeah, we, we've been following Zion Williamson for a long time. Not, you know, I don't want to overstate it. Several years since he's been, you know, on the radar of, of high school players, which brings up another uh, high school player that the Knicks drafted that you alluded to earlier may need some coaching off the court as well. The last time I saw Mitchell Robinson play before the summer league was a McDonald's all-star game. And I, you know, he just stood out to me and I said, wow. And they, they said he was going to, I believe Western Michigan. He was committed to before he Western Kentucky, Western Kentucky. I apologize. Um, and he had, had some sort of connection at that school, et cetera. And then it was determined that he just wasn't going to, play college basketball and whatever the case may be. Um, at that age, it's hard to, hard to gauge, but you're closer than we are. Um, whatever the issue issues are, were with him, does it seem like he's on the right track at this point? Because I believe that guy's a phenomenal talent. Uh, yes. I mean, in terms of physical ability, this guy, you know, again, yeah, the, the, the Jordan game, he was great. McDonald's game, he's stellar. You look at his high school tapes. I mean, the, the kid's a freak and exactly the type of five that can really be impactful in today's NBA. You know, that click capella, rim runner, basket protector, um, you know, just, it, it, I mean, when, when, I thought, you know, I was excited to watch him in Vegas, but I'll admit, and I was, and I was higher on him than most. I thought he was a steal for the Knicks in the, the 36th overall pick. Um, he slipped to the second round. Had he played a season, uh, of college ball, I think there's a very good chance he would have went, if not in the lottery, um, the high teams. You know, I, I don't think he would have lasted past 15 um, had he had the rest of the, the country had a chance to, to watch him up close. 
Um, I can't answer the questions off the floor. Nobody ever really got a solid answer as to why he left Western Kentucky. Um, kind of went there for two weeks and, and bailed and, and went back home. They assumed he was coming back. He told them he was coming back, never went back, trained by himself, you know, with some top trainers, um, put some work in, obviously was in, in solid shape. Um, the Knicks were impressed with his um, his conditioning when he arrived in camp. They figured, you know, he'd be able to play 10 or 15 minutes at max in, in Vegas. Um, even the practices, you know, they, they kind of put him through his the ringer, um, and he came out um, and impressive, you know, each and every day. Um but, yeah, that's the thing with Robinson. If, if it wasn't for the off-the-court issues, um, even though he hadn't played, you know, he would have been gone in, in the early 20s. Um, but just teams didn't know what to expect, you know, don't know what to expect going forward. Um, he's kept his nose clean, uh, you know, for the first two months. That That's more than some players can say as, as the Celtics' first-round pick can attest that, you know, he made his first flight and then made it to the press conference. Um, <laughs> seems like he, he, he seems like a shy kid. Um, it'll be difficult for him adjusting to the media. Um, you know, the, the pressure that surrounds, you know, being a star, you know, or, or just a, a rotation player. Um, we'll see if he spends some time in the G League. Um, but uh, that'll be one of the more interesting, you know, uh, situations in camp just to kind of see how he – I'm sure they're um, – again, just as much as they're, you know, trying to develop into, into an NBA player, uh, I'm sure they're trying to develop, and then develop him off the floor into an NBA, you know, to, to have the personality to deal with – uh, the press and, and the pressure and all the, all that stuff that comes with it. Um, if he can uh, keep his head on straight, um, it seems like the sky would be the limit for this kid. The Knicks have him locked into a very affordable contract. Um, and if he can even be a, you know, a, a sixth or seventh man, that can provide some defensive versatility, um, you know, off the bench, you know, 18, 22 minutes a night, uh, to have a player like that making, you know, about 1.5 million in the next three years, you know, less than one, about 1% of your salary cap. Um, that's just a, a tremendous value contract. Yes, for sure. Well, who, uh, Tommy, is one player on the Knicks who probably the mainstream media won't talk about? Of course, we're going to hear about Knox, Porzingis. You know, we like Robinson a lot. But who's a player on that Knicks team that this season is going to be maybe a shocking player that nobody sees coming as being as good as – you know, looking at now, like nobody's looking at him. Nobody thinks they're going to be that player, but who would be a player that's going to step up for the Knicks this season? You think? I think it might be a buddy. Nilakina. I think he has that, that potential to kind of, uh, you know, obviously the, the expectations are a bit lowered. He's flying under the radar. Um, Cause as you mentioned, the Knicks two draft picks uh, are drawing a lot of the attention. A lot of hype probably will do in the preseason, uh, but make no mistake. Nilakina is in a very, important piece uh, for the Knicks going forward. They need him to be, um, you see, anytime you have a, you know, a lottery pick, um, and the Knicks have actually kept, held on to the lottery picks, um, which is impressive in and of itself. But anytime you invest a, you know, a top eight overall pick, you take them ahead of guys like Dennis Smith Jr. Um, and, and Donovan Mitchell, nobody knew how good he'd be. And I don't think he was really that, that in that consideration. Um, but yeah, Nilo Kina does need to play well. Um, I think his defense is, uh, makes him his floor relatively high. Um, but we don't know what his ceiling will be. Um, and I think he needs to develop, you know, kind of be more consistent offensively in order to um, realize that potential. See, Nate, I told you, that guy, leave him alone. Let him grow a little bit. Um, <laughs> I'm hard on him. Sorry. Out, outside of the Big Apple, uh, Tommy, just right now here in uh, September, um, are you – forecasting with what myself and many others are in a Warriors-Celtics final? 
Um, I think the Warriors will get there again, uh, and, and I think they'll cruise to another championship. Um, out east, I think the Celtics will have some competition. I think um, the Raptors are going to be better than a lot of people are expecting. Um, I think, uh, you know, you replace – that's obviously assuming Kawhi Leonard's healthy. You know, that's, the, that's the main caveat there, but assuming he is healthy. Um, and I think he will be you know, replacing DeMar DeRozan with Kawhi Leonard is a, is a significant, significant upgrade. Um, and the Raptors were, you know, very solid last season. The only team in the NBA to finish in the top five in both defensive efficiency and offensive efficiency. Um, so they could be better next year. And I, and I think the Sixers are obviously, um, obviously an, an up-and-coming team that uh, will present problems for anybody. So I think the East is a little more wide open than the West. I think the, the, uh, the Warriors – um, but uh, I think out east it could be any of those, either of those three teams. Well, I hope you're right, and I'm not, because I'm not that high on the Sixers and their uh, egos, buying into their own hype and lacking uh, uh, what's the word, sense of urgency on a uh, general manager. Um, but right. I'm a big Philly fan, so I hope you're right, and I'm not. But cool. We shall see. Well, Tommy, we thank you so much for giving us so much of your time here on uh, Wide Men Can't Jump. Uh want to, again, let everybody know, if you want, uh, before you go, let, let our listeners know where they can find you at on Twitter Tommy and uh, read your articles and things like that. Yeah, Tommy Beer on Twitter. I post all my stuff on Twitter, um, so definitely feel free to uh, reach out to me. And um, DM's open and uh, – Always down to chat basketball and all that good stuff. Awesome. Thank you again, Tommy. We hope to have you back on the show soon. My my pleasure. Have a great night, fellas. You too, sir. Thank Ladies, you. Tom. Thanks, guys. Well, that was Tommy Beard from Tommy Beer from the NBC Roto World Basketball Insiders and Forbes. And we're gonna take a quick timeout. We'll be right back right after this. Personal injury, automobile accidents, workplace accidents, mesothelioma, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, all these things and more can be helped by new law office. Stephen P. New will fight for you and your rights. Mr. New, what is there to do if you're in an automobile accident? When car wrecks happen, insurance is always involved. Did you know that in West Virginia, we have the highest percentage of uninsured and underinsured motorists driving on our highways. That means that when you're in a car wreck, your attorney needs to know how to work with your insurance company to maximize the compensation that you'll receive. If you've been in a car wreck, call me, Stephen P. New. For your free consultation, call 1-888-692-8084 or visit newlawoffice.com. Stephen P. New will fight for you to get you where you need to be. He's a proud sponsor of our program, and Mr. New is a stand-up national and local attorney. Stephen P. New, attorney at law, answers to your legal questions. Thanks to Stephen P. New. That's Law Office of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com. Our gracious sponsor, Mr. Stephen P. New. got to have him back on soon. I love that guy. He is awesome. Yeah, good dude. <clears throat> yeah. Well, TR, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. We didn't get to do it last week. So let's go ahead and let's look at it and let's get to it here. I gave you a heads up. We're talking the 10, or excuse me, the five greatest 
foreign basketball players of all time. Do you have a list in front of you, or are you just going to kind of wing it, or uh, what are you thinking here? Well, I looked earlier, and I, I should say, um, moving forward in the second hour, that a, a character on the show, which we mentioned earlier, background Josh Brown, I, uh, I'm doing this, the show from home, so I have my own background uh, character, background baby. My stupid cat keeps yapping about something, so if you hear that, <laughs> that's what's going on. Apparently, he... Uh, he must like the Sixers and has got mad with my last comment to Tommy. But, um, yeah, earlier uh, I, I, I did have a chance to look, and I'm sure I missed somebody because I, I didn't do a detailed scope of the history of the NBA. But one one big surprise will be in my top five who I didn't know until tonight. And, you know, maybe that – maybe I've been smoking crack for the last – you know, 20 years or something. I don't know, but I, I never knew somebody was born outside the United States that that is, was, whatever. Okay. That, uh, well, all right. I'm, I'm going to say this. A little bit of a rule breakdown here, at least on my end. I'm not counting players born in the U.S. Virgin Islands. So, Tim Duncan, sorry. To me, you're an American you player. Messed, yeah, you might have messed me up then. Okay, I'm not counting. Well, you can count him if you want. I'm not counting him because, to me, that's a um, to me that's America. It's an American territory, so I'm going U.S. Virgin Islands, uh, Guam, uh, any place like that. I'm not counting um, because to me that's American. Also, if you were born somewhere else and moved to the United States and were in the United States for most of your life. Kyrie Irving, you're an American player. You're not Australian. Sorry. You may have been born in Australia. You just messed up my my, my surprise that I didn't know he was born in Australia. <laughs> I, I Yeah, I knew he was born in Australia. But he moved here when he was like two. He didn't, he didn't know anything about Australia, as far as I'm concerned. I don't know how that passed me by, though. I mean, I, I yeah, don't. And honestly, I, I had forgot. I had completely forgotten about it until tonight, and I was just like, "Oh yeah, he was born in Australia. I forgot about that." But yeah, he was, Aust- he was born in Australia, but he left there too, and he moved to the United States. So I, I don't consider that. It'd be like me being born, you know, overseas uh, in in Germany or something, and then moving here uh, immediately after birth. I didn't, you know, he didn't, he wasn't even there long enough to to have an accent, for God's sake. <laughs> so. I'm not counting. Him. You can count him. If you can count him if you want. I'm not counting him. So that's just me. Fair enough. Okay. All right. Top five NBA players. Foreign. Well, foreign NBA players. Put it that way. Top five foreign NBA players. Tom, number five. Who do you got? Well, um, the original number five was at a, 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 his replacement will will cause an argument of how could I probably put one ahead of the other but the original was going to be Kyrie um number 1 overall draft pick uh and I'm going to be quick since he doesn't qualify um you know he, can't he doesn't hit that shot I'm just based on mine. he doesn't hit that shot against golden state um we may be talking about a four straight 
fourth straight title this past season. Um, that was such a clutch three-pointer. Uh, he goes to Boston. Obviously, they had other talent. We'll see next year, but this upcoming season, I should say. But I, you know, I think he will go down in the annals as, as you know, slightly uh, better than his replacement, and that would be the recently retired Manu Ginobili. Um, obviously, valuable is not even a, uh, a correct adjective to their program, to their years of dominance. Uh, he's been hit a three, could step up and defend. No ego could be the sixth man, could just played the most important minutes. Um, probably Hall of Fame. You know, I, I, I'd i have to split hairs and really research his, his history. I think Jeff Garcia last week said he, he had a Hall of Fame career, so I'll take that since he's a San Antonio guy. Manu was incredible to watch all every, you know, all 20, was it? All 20 years that I saw him play. So I'll yeah. put him in there. Oh, in number five. Well, at number five, I'm going to slide in here. Uh, I'm going to say Patrick Ewing. Uh, he's from Jamaica. So that's technically another country. So Patrick Ewing, dominant out of uh, Georgetown when he came in. Uh, the, the Hoyas were just monstrous with Ewing. And what a monster he was. Uh, was <laughs> coveted in the NBA. He goes to the Knicks. Uh, they never win the title, but, man, did Ewing tear it up when he played in New York. He had some great series, the old, uh, you know, against the Pacers back way back when. Of course, you know, we forget when he played at Georgetown, the uh, – I think it was the Nova game, uh, Georgetown and Villanova in the uh, the tournament. Man, what a what a career he had coming into the NBA – being a dominant center, he never quite got that title. Came close a couple times, but he never did get it. Uh, but Patrick Ewing, to me, definitely one of the best foreign, foreign players of all time. So how about number four? Who do you got? Uh, oddly enough, I'm going with Patrick Ewing. Um, well. Dream team. Uh, you know, to echo the things you already said, uh, dream team participant. Uh, that was nothing to sneeze at. That team was uh, hard to be selected to, as Isaiah Thomas can attest. Um, but that's a whole different issue. Um, but, uh, yeah, one of the best big men of all time and his time. All the way from Georgetown, you know, being from here, Rolly Massimino's Villanova program, he was kind of an enemy and a bad guy, and most of his career being a, a Nick and, you know, myself following the Sixers when they had competent GMs and owners. But anyway, I don't want to get into that. Uh, <laughs> Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing is, was uh, a stud. He's a, a coach now, so he's uh, trying to pass his wisdom along. Um, almost got there. Um, I can remember he and John Starks used to uh, get oh so close. And But, yeah, I, I would consider him a – you know, definite top ten if if we were to extend it, but uh, I put him up there at four. Um, I'm going to tell you ahead of time on this number because of you only, you pain in my ass, making me watch Giannis. I was going to slide him <laughs> in there already, but he he just doesn't have enough tenure yet. But I think Giannis will be next year's MVP. This I keep saying next year, next month, the upcoming season. Um, 
the guy's working with Kobe Bryant. He does everything right. He wants to win. I don't mean to uh, get the spotlight off Patrick, but Giannis, uh, before it's all said and done, if we do this show 15 years from now, God willing, uh, I think he'll be in there too. So Patrick Ewing, number four, though. Well, turnabout is fair play. My number four was Manu Ginobili. So I echo everything you say about Manu. He had a great career, and I hated that guy more than I could ever begin to tell people. Because as a T-Wolves fan and as a guy who just hated the Spurs for so many years, you couldn't stop him. That just He was so elusive and so quick, and he could just go up and under, and he could shoot, and that stupid left-handed jump shot that was awkward looking, and his big nose, he just sucked up all the air, and nobody could catch their breath, and he would just sink threes, and man, you couldn't do anything with the guy. He was just so good, and, and Manu Ginobili... Uh, had a great career, took the Argentinian national team to a gold um, in the Olympics, I believe, in 04, back when we had uh, Iverson and Duncan leading the team. So, and Manu, got to tip your hat to Manu Ginobili for a great career. And to me, he's easily one of the top five best foreign players of all time. Uh, number three, who do you got, TR? Well, uh, you know, you said I could, but I'm not going to uh, use – not that he would have been number three, but he would have been in the top three, Tim Duncan, of course. Uh, so he will be temporarily disqualified until we send it to the board of directors of what qualifies for foreign players in our list. But anyway, um, <laughs> so I, I will slide in somebody that was possibly going to be, you know, I argued in my head where this person would be. And it's it, it, it still can maybe sound a little silly ahead of Patrick Ewing, but I'm going to go Steve Nash, uh, two-time MVP. Um, I don't think he's one of your favorites, but I'm sure you'll have a retort. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Um, He just – he was a guy who had no reason to be as dominant from a physical standpoint. Um, He could use what little of a body he had. And I've always been a fan since I was a skinny point guard – uh, I know that sounds laughable to people listening now. Being able to use your body and develop the left hand uh, to stretch your maximum capacity to get a layup over a big guy. Using what you can, a scrapper. And uh, definitely an all-time great. Maybe I'm I'm ranking him a little high, but I'll give Steve Nash the number three spot. Okay. Well, I don't have Steve Nash in my top five. I'll say that much. I don't have an issue with Steve Nash, but Steve Nash to me was, he's a great player. Um, He played differently. Like he had a different style of play. Um, But Steve Nash was never one of one. I would consider a top five foreign great. However, great player, not going to knock him. Uh, Number three for me was Drazen Petrovic. Um, Cut down in the prime of his life. Um, if he would have stayed healthy, he would have just been, he he may be number one if he would have lived longer, uh, played with Vladi Divac on the, um, Yugoslavian national team. One of the, just, just a pure shooter. The dude could not miss, um, 
I'm just going to look up here real quick. He he passed away in 1993. He was very young. I believe he was 30, 28 years old when he died. So, young kid. And he had four seasons in the NBA. And he was on his way to being a great, uh, a, just a great player. Um, got a silver in 88. For Yugoslavia, got a bronze in '84 at the Olympics for Yugoslavia. Uh, got a silver in '92. They were the runner-up to the Dream Team. Uh, so, just looking at the man's stats here, while I've got a second, because he was a fantastic player. Um, his first year in the league, he comes in and. He he didn't get a lot of, of playing time. He only averaged like seven points a game. But 91, he slowly, when he got out of Portland, he ended up in New Jersey, 12 points a game in 1990. In 1991-92, 20 points a game, three rebounds. This is a guard. This dude was averaging a steal a game, and he was making 50% of his shots, averaging 20 points a game. Averaged 22.3 points a game his last year alive, 92-93. He was shooting 44% from three. Shot nearly 52% field goal. He averaged 38 minutes a game. So, to me, this guy's a no-brainer. One of the top foreign players of all time. If he would have been alive, he may have changed the game. He was going to be one of the greats. Can't argue that he was. He was on the upswing. It was an unfortunate tragedy. I remember uh, him specifically being a much younger Tom Robinson's uh, can't wait list to watch the Sports Center, you know, top plays and so forth because uh, Draz was a badass. But his life yeah, I think was taken. car accident. Car accident got him in Germany, I believe. Uh, going to see his girlfriend in Germany and car accident. And, you know, I don't know if anybody's ever watched it, uh, the 30 for 30 documentary on uh, called We Were Brothers uh, about him and Vladi Divac. And they never reconciled. They had a bad falling out over the nationalism and Yugoslavia breaking up, becoming its own countries. And uh, he and Vladi had a bad falling out. And when Drazen died, uh, they had never spoken and talked about it, which is sad. Yeah, it is. I, I I hadn't thought of that documentary in a long time. Um, and you're right. And it, it, it rang a bell in my head about, uh, you know, wherever you stand. And I'm not bringing this up for a subject matter, but in our country right now, where, where lifelong friends have stopped speaking over the nonsense uh, that yeah you can't say has nothing to do with them, but really in the big scope doesn't have any immediate effect on their lives yet you know, one thought base or another. It's a shame that those guys didn't reconcile, especially considering the tragic ending. Um, great player. Vladi was great too, but he's not in my top five. But No, Vladi, no. Vladi was not Drazen. Drazen Petrovic, was, if he would have been alive, I'm telling you, he would have been a clear top fiver on everybody's list. He was just so yeah. good those last two years he was alive. I, I got to put him up there. Mm-hmm. All right, number two, T.R. Number two, um, 
and this was uh, back and forth, and I think we've mentioned both these guys in the past couple of weeks uh, without revealing who I have at number one. Um, Dirk Nowitzki, sixth all-time leading scorer, uh, NBA champion, can do it all at seven foot. Uh, you know, the, the fadeaways, the uh, one-legged uh, fadeaways, jump-shooting ability at that size. Um, almost until recently, unless I haven't been locked in as close as I am, uh, this phenomenal career that's, that's you know, really kind of came to my attention when they beat uh, the Miami Heat, I should say. I was about to say the Cavs. But I don't think you can get very many arguments from anyone with a brain that Dirk would be minimum top five. Um, but I have him at number two. I think the more uh, prevalent argument would be, is Nowitzki the best ever? And, and I, you know, I go back and forth with he and my, and my number one. Well, I have a feeling your number one is going to be my number two. I'm going with Hakeem Elijah one at number two. Uh, Hakeem the Dream, two titles in Houston. Some of the best footwork you'll ever see from a center. The dude was unreal what he could do. I loved Hakeem. I loved his game. Loved what he could do on the court. Uh, just made people look stupid uh, on the post. He just, man, he could just take a guy and – just stand you up in the post and just do whatever he wanted to you. And he was just a fantastic player. I uh, really like, really love the dream. He's helped a lot of guys develop over the years. And I think Akeem Olajuwon does that definitely deserves to be in the top five. Uh, so who's your number one? Uh, it's not Hakeem. It's Darko Milicic. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Now, uh, of of course, it's the dream. Um, you know, when he was on, when he was at the top of his game, and that's what it came down to between he and Dirk for me. Um, at times, there was no one that's ever played that was better than Hakeem. I had the, you know, I, I kind of think I would like to trade ages with you because we're 20 years apart, you being 28. Uh, but I did have the advantage being 48 of, uh, and a geeky wrestling fan and basketball fan. I said wrestling cause they were both the same. They were my two first loves, um, to watch all those guys as they were kids. And I watched five slam a jammer and, you know, just, uh, like you said about the footwork, he's your number two. It was, you know, it's, if Joel Embiid does a move, say, today, the announcers will say, oh, he does the Hakeem footwork. He was, you know, he was the originator. He was the, the prototype, if you will. And he, he was just unstoppable when they were winning titles, um, point blank. And, you know, it's a guy with work ethic as well because, of course, he was very talented and went to the national championship game at Houston, the University of Houston, that is. And, but he still had some a ways to go to be a uh, NBA all-timer and Hall of Famer, et cetera. And he put the work in on top of it and has the rings to prove it. And yes, there could be an argument. I could change my mind tomorrow and say maybe Dirk edged them out because of uh, historically with numbers and so forth. But 
I don't think there was, uh, in my time, a player that was on, a, aside from like the Michael Jordans of the world, that could be unstoppable for, you know, eight straight minutes to turn a game around on both sides of the floor. So, number one, Hakeem the Dream Olajuwon. Not to be confused with Hakeem the African Dream from WWF fame. No, I'm kidding. But, uh, uh, Jive yeah, Soul, bro. Yeah, one-man gang. Yeah, Jive Soul, bro. But I'll go with uh, my number one is Dirk Nowinski. Um, I think, honestly, it has to do, it's the age factor of when I grew up watching basketball versus when you grew up watching basketball. Uh, Dirk has the purest shot, one of the purest shots I've ever seen. He's seven foot. He can shoot threes. He can do work in the post. He can lay the ball up. He's a good mid-range shooter. He can take you off the dribble. He can post you. He can do anything he wants to do with the basketball. Sixth all-time leading scorer. Got that championship title that eluded him. He's been loyal to Dallas. Uh, just the dude's an all-timer, and he's a Hall of Famer, no doubt about it. Um, Dirk's a great player. He seems like a great guy. And the way that he sticks that leg out, boy, does that not piss you off to watch your team play against Dirk Nowinski? He sticks that leg out and just falls away. Kisses it off the glass, and there's nothing you can do about it. Nothing, nothing at all. Nothing. Unstoppable. It's uh, pure. Much like, uh, much like Kareem's skyhook. It's like, oh well, let's hope he yeah. misses it because we ain't stopping it. No, you ain't gonna stop it. He's just gonna have to miss. And when he finally won that title with that that Mavericks team uh, had Pejor Stojakovic on it, who's another great foreign player, by the way. Um, uh, that Magic team was, uh, or that Mavericks team, excuse me, the Mavericks team was was really talented. Had some great players. Jason Terry was on that squad. Uh, some really good talent there. Jason Kidd, uh, just just a lot of a lot of good pieces. And Dirk was the leader, and he w- should have been MVP that year. He just he took it into his own hands and just did what he wanted. So uh, big big ups to Dirk on getting that. And don't forget, he made it to the finals with the Heat once before. The first time he lost. Second time he got it though. Mm. I. Uh... Now it's ringing a bell. I, you know, I lose like much like Royal Rumbles. I lose certain years, and they all blend into one. But I, I, I remember <laughs> now. I recall. I got you. But, but yeah, um, that's. I mean, that's not. I can't argue with you on that selection. I mean, oh no, I can't argue just, with the team. Yeah, they're just both so incredible, such incredible players. So, and yeah, they're both definitely. playing out and, of Texas. Oh yeah, they Not were. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> that means anything. I just I I, I, I didn't even think about that. The, the Texas connection. I mean, I didn't even think about that. It's pretty neat. It's a neat little thing. Um, I do want to give an honorable mention to one of my favorite foreign players of all time. Maybe not one of the greats, but I'm going to give a big shout out to my man, Tony Kukoc. That's my guy. Pulling for him. Uh, thought he would was hoping he'd make the list here, but you know, I just couldn't. Sorry, Tony. I love you though. One of my favorites, Tony Kukoc. Tony was pretty cool uh, until he played the here. Croatian I mean, sensation. Yeah, he played a, uh, the Bulls years. Yeah, great. But come to Philly, and, man, uh, wasn't the same. But yeah, yeah. Tony Kukoc was good in his day. Um, I'm sure there'll be like a basketball historian uh, that will come up with a name that we should have remembered from like, yeah, 1930 in the. Uh, Minnesota Lakers, uh, Murray Stein <laughs> averaged 27, 10, and 12, you dumb fucks. 
but you know, Uncle Murray. <laughs> yeah, he was, you know, from Israel originally and migrated here and was a triple double <laughs> machine. The yeah, Big M, they call him. The Big E. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. If he was that good, his last name had to have Ick on the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, wait. While we're, while we're on the topic, though, I don't want to skip anyone, you know, that we are aware of. So okay. I just uh, – you, you may have to quickly look up where Darkie Johnson was born. Um <laughs> Forgot about that name, Darky Johnson. <laughs> but you know, I'm glad you brought him up. I really am. <laughs> I'm the Darky Johnson. That's There's a, a double entendre there when you said I brought him yeah. up. But anyway, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Darky Johnson, ladies and gentlemen. I'm glad you brought up that name, Tr, because right now we talked about this the other day. Um, I had a conversation with the missus, my lovely fiance Autumn, and we were watching football the other day, and we were talking about some of the names of some of these players. She sees them, and she's like, what the hell kind of name is that? And I was like, oh, that's nothing. And then I start naming off names to her, and she doesn't believe me that they're real players. And I'm like, I swear to God, here, yeah. I'll show you. So, <laughs> for fun, you brought up Darkie Johnson, which is a hilarious name. <laughs> He's... We should get Darkie Johnson jerseys, by the way. I, I'm not even kidding. I'm all for that. Uh, yeah. I'm, I am too. <laughs> I'm all for it. You just you, you want him on your team, but you don't want to be his cellmate. Darkie Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, God. Okay. That deserves All right. But um, I wanted to bring up. And this is not just basketball, so we're just going to have some fun here with this. There are some names in sports. It's where you get some of the wildest and craziest names. We've all heard recently, you know, Meta World Peace, guys like that. But I'm going to go through this list I've compiled here of real names, of real athletes from all different sports. Are you ready, sir? Yes, but to concur with Autumn about the – it is hard to believe um, some of the oh. names are real. And also, it's a real pain in the ass when I'm trying to tweet or Facebook about some of these people. And I have no fucking clue how to spell their name. So it's like, you know, I got to <laughs> Google is. and think, you know, fuck. But By go the ahead. time you Google everything and learn it, it's finally just like, you know what? I just don't even give a damn anymore. <laughs> I quit caring. But, yeah, exactly. Um, I didn't even know Embiid had two eyes in it until like last month. So, yeah, it's like Hawaii. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where he wishes he was. All right, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. here are some of the wildest sports names you'll ever hear. Number one here. This is in no particular order, by the way. Coco Crisp from Pro Baseball fame. <laughs> yeah, that always used to crack me up. Oh, yeah, yeah me too. For sure. Here's another good one. And, and, so, and somehow with these – Somehow with these names, like maybe it's like maybe there's some kind of psychology if we study that that like if if you're in first grade and I'm not a bully by any means, but I chuckle when the teacher said is Coco Crisp present. I mean, who the <laughs> fuck's behind him? Lucky Lucky Charms, you know? Like so maybe it's it's some 
it's some sort of scientific proof that there's a rebellion where he tries harder because he has a sucky ass name or something. I don't know. Maybe. Well, here's one that maybe a few people might get, but uh, this one's pretty good. Milton Bradley, another pro baseball player. (laughs) Remember him? Yeah, Yeah, he built all my toys. uh... (laughs) Uh, Here's an old college basketball player for you. You'll love this guy. Played at Oklahoma. Longar, Longar. Longar, Longar? Yeah, it's a name, I swear to God. I, I think his parents just stuttered. Um. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Yeah, oh, here's I, a class. I don't ahead, remember Jeff. him. But go ahead. I don't, I don't remember Longar Longar. Here's a classic name for everybody out there. Dick Trickle. Everybody knows Dick Trickle. <laughs> I know it far too well at my age. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. This Dick Trickle, of course, was a NASCAR racer. Uh, speaking, damn it, speaking of NASCAR racers, here's a name for you. And it's it's very odd this man got into NASCAR. His name is Andy Freeze. <laughs> yeah. Good old Andy. Every winner with the, you know. Until, you know, there was about a 10-year period where I had those, hey, 600 hours, take it off my hands. Uh, don't know what's wrong with it. And Andy Freeze was always ready in the wintertime for me and the uh, and my automobiles. So I guess you could say Andy Freeze was clutch in my life. Oh, dear God. <laughs> Speaking of God, here is a pro basketball player, God Sham God. Yeah. Real name. I remember. And uh, in the background on the TV was a commercial for God Friended Me. So, new show, CBS plug on Wide Men Can't Jump just because <laughs> of the name. All right. But, yeah, I, I, I remember him, but I, like, I just literally I, I couldn't tell you what he looks like. I couldn't tell you much about his game. I just, that name you'll always remember. You'll always remember that name. Uh, here's a guy, pro baseball player, Rabbit Moranville. <laughs> Can't make it up. Never. Never heard of him. Never heard I don't want to jump down to that do... hole. But never mind. <laughs> God. Uh, I'm so sorry for this segment, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you set him up, man. I I, I, I really am. Keep going. I love it. Our next is a pro soccer player, Danger Four Pence. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Danger Four Pence. I thought you said foreskin. I was, four was going to say that's not that dangerous. It's kind of a, a preference, but. No, Danger Fourpence was a pro soccer player. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. Another Major League Baseball player. Boots Day. Don't know Boots. I just can't say I've heard that one either. But, uh, yeah, it's a guy. 
Oh man, here's 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 another good one. Another pro soccer player, Wolfgang Wolf. Man, don't know Wolfgang. I, I guess what's that popular in German culture? That name? Um, uh, yeah, I guess so. Mozart, yeah, German probably would be the way to go. I know there's a Wolfgang okay. Puck, and pardon the really horrible joke here, but <laughs> I was surprised he wasn't a hockey player. Anyway. Enough of this. Let's move on. <laughs> All right, next pro basketball player, Yinkadare. I, I actually lost you for a second. I didn't hear the last name. Dinka Dare, D A R E. I remember Dinka. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you remember him? Yeah, he was in my homeroom. No, I, I do remember the name, though. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, here's a classic. Pro baseball player, Dick Pohl. <laughs> it's a real name, folks. I can't make these up. Fucking, what a, I mean, if you, if you get showered you know, after the game with your teammates and you got a name like that, you better be hanging. <laughs> For real. That's no joke there. <laughs> There's a college football player. College football player named Samoa Samoa. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another stuttering parent, apparently. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> stuttering Samoans. Oh, goodness. <laughs> but, yes. Uh, college basketball player, Tommy Gunn. Played for Middle Tennessee. Tommy Gunn only fights in the ring. Rocky <laughs> <laughs> Five, I knew it. I knew it was coming. <laughs> My ring's outside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Tommy Gunn. Or, pro baseball. Blue Moon Odom. I don't know. Is that, what sport is that? Baseball. Oh. I, I thought that was the alter ego from the Bunny Ranch of Lamar. Apparently, Blue Moon Odom was not his real name. But according to this, says, I had to put a guy with the name Blue Moon on here. It's too crazy to pass up. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, there you I, go on that. I was my 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 parents once they saw my bad gambling in the early nineties were going to uh, illegally change my name to Tom Odom about all my bookies. I'll, I'll be here all week, folks. <laughs> trying to get people to take your picks, and you're talking about Owen bookies. Damn it! That was in the nineties. Now I don't bet. I just oh, put out really thought. Hard thought, research place. Okay, okay, Whew. okay. Pro bowler, we've hit we've hit the PBA folks. Bowling, Pro Bowlers Association. Who? Mike Limongella. <laughs> Only one I know is Earl Anthony, but uh, literally, it's is that one name, Limongello? Limongello, L-E-M-O-N-G-E-L-L-O. Wow, 
so much for solid foods. <laughs> Jesus. These are just getting worse. That's all, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Pro soccer player now. Fabian Assman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm sure it's pronounced Asman, but it's spelled Assman. <laughs> Well, I don't think I need to comment on that one. I, it, what was he? A soccer Billy Gunn. player? Yeah, yeah, Billy Gunn's son. Because I'm an ass man. Wow, wow. No, that would be K Fabian. Ass man. But oh, Jesus. Only a couple people will get that. Oh, I got it. All right. Pro soccer player. A lot of soccer players on this list here. Otto Addo. Jesus, really? Otto who? Addo. A D D O. I'm familiar with A D D, but not Otto Addo. <laughs> oh, God. I'm only about halfway through this. Is this not sad? All right. Another pro soccer player. Clearwater Kudo. Nah, that's bullshit. For real. I swear to God, that's this guy's name. Fuck. <laughs> Fucking parents smoke weed much? <laughs> they, I don't know if they did, but they probably saw the bad moon rising. <laughs> <laughs> or okay. Blue Moon Odom. <laughs> Darky Johnson. <laughs> Darky's oh, still God. the king as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> there's some there's some winners on here though. <laughs> All right. Who pro baseball player. Shooty Babbitt. <laughs> no comment. It would be self deprecating. Okay, here we go. One of the best names in football ever. College football player, Your Highness Morgan. <laughs> that is a good name that you got to live up to. Jesus Christ. Yeah, really. That's tough. <laughs> is that like a, a start, middle, and end name, or is that uh, Your Highness it, one? Your, like, it, your Highness is one name. Spelled with a U or a Y to start? Y-O-U-R. H I G H N E S S Morgan. Man, he lived up to get to that level. I'd hate my parents uh-huh. to name me something like that. All right, over this this one's going to be tough for me to get out because this one's hard. But this guy played for Alabama State, college basketball player, Chief Kicking Stallion Sims. Chief. Chief is his first name, and then Kicking. Stallion Sims is his last name. <laughs> I, I don't know if I should. This is, I, I'm guessing, an American Indian descent. I would assume. <laughs> he looks like it. Either that, uh, either that, or he's a he's a guy who everybody forgot his name because that's what you say. Hey, hey, bed chief. <laughs> <laughs> And then you say to your girlfriend, what the fuck was his name again? 
Oh, God. <laughs> All right, pro football player. This is a classic. Pro football player, Ben Gay. <laughs> yeah, I actually I made some immature jokes back in the day about Ben Gay. And, uh, uh, we all did. I have used his products on my body parts. Hey, it works. <laughs> pro baseball player, Urban Shocker. <laughs> yeah, not to be confused with John Travolta's poor movie choice where he wore cowboy boots. <laughs> All right, another pro baseball player, Stubby Clap. Jesus, God. That pretty much sums up my uh, decade of the 80s. <laughs> Here's one that I actually remember. She was an Olympic skier. Peekaboo Street. I yeah, remember I remember Peekaboo. Yeah, um, she's cute too. God bless. That would be funny if it was like a, uh, you know, a nose guard or something. But uh, <laughs> I a guess burly linebacker. Yeah, yeah, but I remember Peekaboo. Here is college football player Sonny Six Killer. <laughs> Tell me he wasn't in. Don't the remember Sonny. Yeah, that's what uh-huh. I was going to say. Sponsored sponsored by the Gambino's uh, crime family. Gambino's <laughs> crime family. Uh, pro basketball player, you'll remember this guy. World be free. Yes, uh, still around the Sixers. Originally Lloyd decided yeah. to let the world be free. Great player in his day. He was. Uh, okay, here is pro basketball player. Ruben Budame Budame <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, 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 I uh, think I'm pronouncing that right. See I don't know. The way because of the nature of his name Buddha and then you followed with Jesus Christ, I was getting a little confused if that was a whole name. No, 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 no. But, Ruben Budumje. Maybe it's Budumje. Budumje Budumje. Something like that. It's a tough one. All right, another pro, another pro I could, soccer I player. could get real silly. I could get real silly, but I'll, I'll wait. Go ahead. <laughs> another pro soccer player. Have a look, dube from Zimbabwe. <laughs> have a look, but it, it, have you know, a I look. better spell. Have a look. H a v e dash a dash l o o k d u b e. Have a look, doobie. Maybe. I don't know. It's Zimbabwe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Next uh, pro football player, Earthwind Moreland. Is there a D? Earthwind Moreland? Earthwind Earth Moreland. Yeah, he's he's waiting to do some let's group. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Philip Bailey didn't make the gig. <laughs> uh, next is a pro cricket player uh, Neville Neville <laughs> you know I hope he's not listening but I had a friend who's not Asian some reason he has this speech thing I won't name him but my friends that know him will know where he F's up R's the the letter R for the letter L and this mm-hmm. will make no sense. 
to anybody except like four Clifton guys that are listening. But that's my friend Bill trying to say never, never. <laughs> well, see, I was, you were thinking that. I was thinking that uh, the old song, instead of Rebel, Rebel, it's never, never. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you knew Bill. Right. Oh, boy. I got a few more here. Ah, Neville. Uh, he would Neville. Never mind. <laughs> Jesus, Scott. <laughs> Pro football player, oh. Fair Hooker. What? <laughs> At least he's fair. That's, that's what I was going to say. You never meet one of them in your life. Yeah, really. That's a, that's a unicorn right there. Uh, here's yeah. another pro football player, Guy Wimper. No comment. Okay. Another college football player. I am hip. <laughs> We're every retired <laughs> pro wrestler's autobiography. Yeah, we really are. <laughs> All right. Pro football player, Captain Murderlin. Captain Murderlin? Munner, excuse me, Munnerlin, M-U-N-N-E-R-L-Y-N, Munnerlin. Uh, I thought <laughs> not Murder. I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, that that confused me because I would say he also goes by another name, O.J. Simpson. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we're getting kicked off the air, but. <laughs> College football. Napoleon Outlaw. I remember Napoleon Outlaw. I do think you? I do. I remember Napoleon. No, I don't. I'm thinking of maybe uh, another bad joke here. I guess I have a Napoleon complex because Good I'm God. thinking of Napoleon. <laughs> I'm thinking of Napoleon. Tim, if you're listening, tell me of, how awful go. this is. Napoleon Kaufman was who I was thinking of, but go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. We're actually uh, we're about to run out of time on the live portion of the show, but if you're listening, we'll be on the other side. We're going to finish up this list here because I've got a few more here, and some of them are just too good. So next one is a college basketball player, Majestic Map. Uh, yeah. As a carrier, I wish I had one. That's a, that's that's a joke for like you and Tim. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's another Nobody one for me and Tim. College, college basketball scientific map. <laughs> again. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, once again, <laughs> here's a pro lacrosse player Will Barrow. <laughs> <laughs> what what's he play again? Lacrosse. I forget when the sport. Lacrosse. I guess he was carried a lot. Oh, God, boy. <laughs> Sorry. God. Oh, man. Pro baseball player, Bake McBride. <laughs> He's a, a childhood uh, shake and bake, they used to call him. Are you familiar with him? <laughs> no, I'm not. He He played here when I was a young tyke. And I had his baseball card and all that. He, look, Google him when you get a chance and see his image. He's, he had the greatest afro. 
Oh, I'm looking at it right here in front of me. It is pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, here's a classic. Pro football player Dick Butkus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all the that's jokes have been done, plus he's a Hall of Famer, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh... Here's one of... Here's one of my favorite names of all time. This guy was a fullback. He used to play for Tampa, and I loved him. Just for the name. All right. Pro football player. Chris is his first name. Now, here comes the last name. Funatahala Malafala. I remember him, too, but, yeah. Fuck that name. Yeah. Too long. Another pro football player, Tim Biaka Batuka. Yeah. I'm not thinking so much of a joke. I'm remembering him though somehow. Was he half He played for the Panthers. Yeah, I think he was alright. There's some, yeah, there's some names on here though. Uh Major League Baseball player Razor Shins. <laughs> Jokes make themselves on that one. Yeah. Dating, dating. Uh, look for that Adam's apple on dates. <laughs> Pro basketball player Pops Minsa Vonsu. Pox, Pox, Pops, P O P S. Oh, Pops, Pops Minsa Vonsu. I'll just let him be. <laughs> well, this one you are not going to let be. I can already tell you. Pro swimmer, Miss Hyman. Wait a minute. Go again. Misty Hyman. <laughs> Somehow I had a dark spot where it sounded like Miss Hyman. Misty Hyman. Uh. Mm-hmm. Ah, <sighs> oh, boy. Um, <laughs> I guess I would nickname her Cherry. Oh, you would, you bastard. <laughs> All right, a couple more here. College basketball, Vander Blue. <laughs> Only when he was broke. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> okay, uh, two more here. Miroslav Satan. <laughs> Spelled Satan, I swear to God. I <laughs> know. <laughs> Tim will have an issue with that. That's a hockey player, right? Yeah, it's a hockey player. All right. Miroslav This one may be one. All right, I got two more for you. Remember one of them. Uh, football player. It was uh, Molly Ali Uma was the last name. <laughs> Remember that guy? Tied in for the Rams. Uh, I don't. Um, don't remember him? Not off the top of my head, but I could imagine okay. the uh, announcers praying he didn't do anything well, so they wouldn't have to say that. <laughs> for real. All right, and finally... <sighs> One of the greats of all time, pro baseball and NFL player, wonderful, terrific Mounds Jr. For real? 
real. Wonderful, terrific Mounds Jr. What era? <laughs> Hell if I know. <laughs> Hold on, I'll find out. I'll find out. I'm here. like, I'm gonna find out. With the, with the with the build up, I'm thinking, wait, Bo Jackson? That isn't a really weird name. Deion Sanders. Let me look here. Hold on. Here's wonderful, terrific Matt. Oh, apparently they're two separate players. Well, hold on. Let me double <laughs> check here. Well, now hold on. Well, I'm Tom and Joy. <laughs> now here it is. Wonder, wonderful, terrific Mounds Jr. was an American football defensive back. Played one season with the 49ers, and he was drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers in the 1976 NFL Draft. He was also a member of the Ottawa Rough Riders team that won the 64th Grey Cup. His son. Oh, excuse me. Okay. Wait. His father was an NFL defensive tackle, Mario Mounds, and his son was wonderful, terrific Mounds the third, was a minor league baseball player. According to this, he played both. No, he was so only an sum, NFL player. So, okay, I take that back. So to so to sum, summarize so he, the whole family, they don't have nuts. <laughs> See, no, for those who don't get that, that if they were, yes, <laughs> thank you. Oh, God. Well, TR, that's going to wrap it up for the crazy names and sports out there. Hope you guys had fun with that. I had a really good time with that, believe it or not. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, that's that's a, that's, that's a good uh, break from the uh, serious nature of our program sometimes. Yeah. Got to throw some yeah, shit was, like that in. Yeah, it was a good time. And, uh, we want to thank you guys for listening. This was our 45th episode uh, entitled Have a Beer because, you know, Tommy Beer joined us. So I figured that would be a cool little thing there. Uh, but, yeah, I uh, want to thank Tommy Beer for joining us, NBA analyst for NBC and Roto World, Basketball Insiders and Forbes. And thank our sponsors, the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, wowfreecam.com. Uh, check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash wide men can't jump. Uh, you can follow TR on Twitter at TR Shock. You can follow me at MMITM Nathan. Or you can follow the show. We prefer you follow the show. Follow the show at Wide Jump on Twitter. We have a Facebook page. Uh, it's a group, private group. There's a lot of interactions going on in there. So join up. Let us know if you want in. Yeah, we will add you. It, you got me? Let's let's get that let's get that out there. Um uh, during the season, I, I'd like to see a lot more participation. So let's let's say that loud and clear, Nate. Yeah, just uh, it's Wide Men Camp Jump. It's a group. Um, it's the Wide Men uh, Radio Network. If you want in, ask ask to join, and we will get you in. Uh, you can let one of us know if you want in. We'll add you. You can uh, just let us know. We'd love to have you in the group. There's actually participation in the group is really starting to pick up as of late. A lot of people having fun, especially we'll talk anything, wrestling, football, basketball, life, just no politics, no religion. That's all we ask. None of that. Uh, everything else is wide open, though. Right on. So, yeah. And, uh, again, thanks to our sponsors. Thanks to uh, Tommy Beer for getting on. Thanks all you all for listening and downloading the show. Had a good week last week. Added some new countries. Uh, big thanks to Italy. Finland and all the new countries that are now downloading Wide Men Can't Jump. Uh, you can follow us 
all over the place. We're on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, anywhere you download podcasts, we're available. Uh, you can look up all of our shows here on blogtalkradio.com slash jump, where you can listen to all of our old shows. They're all here, so just go in, have a listen. Make sure you join our Patreon page again, patreon.com slash jump. That will keep you up to date. With all things going on, you'll get your free shows, first look at exclusive merchandise content. You'll get in, uh, get a little closer to the show and help us fund the show and keep everything running. We appreciate everybody that's joined so far. TR, anything you want to add? No. Um, just happy that it's fall, loving football, and looking forward Definitely. to hoops and, and hockey for Tim, et cetera, so good time of year it is it is great time of year can't wait and uh thanks to all you for listening hope to see you back on our next episode whatever it may be and thanks to tim for all the help he does and all the work he does here feel like i don't thank tim enough so thank you tim for everything you do for the show to help out tr thank you for everything you do for the show it's been it's really been fun doing this we're almost at a year so the one year episode's coming up soon so i'm looking forward to that Right on. Yeah. So I'm Nate for Tim, who's not with us tonight, and TR, send us home, man. Peace. Thanks for listening to this show on the Wide Men Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. You can download this and any other episode from our network at iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pod Paradise. Google Play, Player FM, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. This show has been brought to you by the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, facebook.com slash makeupkennedy, and wowfreecam.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at WideJump. You can follow us on Instagram at WideMenCan'tJump, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash WideMenCan'tJump. Please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Also, Rate the show and tell us how we did. If you love us, please give us a five-star rating. Again, thanks for listening to this episode on the Wide Men Radio Network. Tune in, same time, same place, for the Wide Men Radio Network at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump.